0: We've been talking about it in the webinars. Companies are gonna have three considerations to make. There's a financial consideration, a social consideration, and a moral consideration. And so all three of those need to be factored. Great leaders need to think about obviously the financial health of their of their institution. We need to get, you know, open up the restaurant. The social is that we've got teams of people and employees where we they want to come back to the office. They want to be with their kith, their community. And then you've got this moral obligation is, can we keep our customers and our employees safe while I'm meeting that social and financial obligation?
1: Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker and author Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business
0: and achieve a bigger
1: impact. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Gavin here, episode number 107. And today we're with Bill Coletti. Bill is the founder and CEO of Kith. Kith, co. Bill's a reputation management and crisis communications specialist. He's the author of Critical Moments, The New Mindset of Reputation Management. And we connect, as you will hear, on a shared hobby and love of sailing and the sea. But today's conversation is about, as we emerge from lockdown, how, as leaders, how, as business owners, Can we engage more effectively and assuage the concerns of our employees, of our supply chain, and of our customers? Some pearls of wisdom about how do you sort of deal with and balance out the financial argument, the social argument, and the the moral obligations around returning to work and opening the doors. How, in the eyes of your suppliers, you can become the customer of choice, and the importance of ABC always be communicating. Straight into my conversation with Bill Coletti. Hello, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Today, I'm speaking to Bill Coletti. Now, Bill is a reputation management, crisis communication and professional development expert, is a keynote speaker, uh, Wall Street Journal risk and compliance panelist, and a bestseller author, the book Critical Moments, The New Mindset of Reputation Management. And today, uh, Bill and I are going to have a conversation about communications, engaging with customers, engaging with your stakeholders, such as uh, your suppliers, and of course, your employees as we return to work. But first of all, Bill, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast.
0: Gavin, it's my absolute pleasure to be here. I look forward to the conversation.
1: So um, for those of you that are watching this on uh, on the video on the YouTube, you'll see an amazing, uh, beautiful uh, painting behind Bill of sailing. And for those of you who have heard and listened to many episodes of this, you'll know that uh, we've got a passion for sailing also. So we've just had an enjoyable 10 minutes chat about sailing and, uh, and a shared plan at some stage of uh some uh some time out to do some long distance sailing whether it be you know across the atlantic or even further afield
0: and you'll notice over gavin's shoulder a remarkable model of an amazing j-class boat which is some one of the most iconic boats i can think of so uh we have a lot of kindred spirit so i'm excited about that
1: yeah my uh my little boy came in the other day and he said uh can you sleep on that boat? <laughs> yeah, you can, actually. It's a lifetime goal to crew on one of those one day. So, first of all, I just want you to explain um, in, your, in, in your own words, Bill, uh, a little bit about your career background and the work that you and your team uh, do.
0: Yep, great. So, the uh, name of the firm is Kith, um, and we do crisis communications and reputation management. Um, started the firm about five years ago. Um, early part of my career was running political campaigns. And so did partisan politics for um, the first half of my career. And then that transformed into a uh, uh, career in public relations, issues management, where I worked for a, a medium-sized firm. The medium-sized firm got acquired by a larger firm. And then I got to deploy that globally as a crisis practice leader for the the, for, uh, practice leader for the crisis. Group um, managing crisis communications globally for a, a large uh, multinational firm, and then five years ago started my own firm. So from campaigns to corporate campaigns to now doing crisis and reputation on my own.
1: Great, And I know you've been doing a webinar series over the last eight weeks for for your customers and uh, your followers. So what are some of the topics you've been talking about?
0: Yeah, it's been it's been a really surreal experience. You know, we've you know, if you look historically back into this COVID thing, you know, two days kind of stick out March 11th and March 23rd. March 11th is kind of the day that national psyche, certainly here in the United States, made a pivot. And then March 23rd was the the low point of the stock market. So pick your date somewhere between March 11th and March 23rd. Around the 19th, I said, we need to just do a webinar and just be as helpful as we can be. Uh, And so we stood up a web. I think that was a Wednesday. We stood it up the next Monday um, and started doing a webinar series every Monday um, for the past eight weeks. What we've been talking about is how best to communicate in the age of COVID. Uh, It is an incredibly complicated, dynamic time. And that's what we thought it was eight months ago or eight weeks ago. Now coming back is far more complicated and far more difficult ever than getting in. Most everybody got in to the COVID communications, either by force or just by urgency. Coming out is going to be the great challenge. And what specifically
1: do you see as those challenges around communications and coming out?
0: Yeah, I think it's this really, really great tension between public health and financial health. Yeah. And the way we've been talking about it in the webinars is that companies are going to have three considerations to make. There's a financial consideration, a yep. social consideration, and a moral consideration. And so all three of those need to be factored. Great leaders need to think about, obviously, the financial health of their of their institution. We need to get, you know, open up the restaurant. Um the social is that we've got teams of people and employees where we they want to come back to the office. They want to be with their, their kith, their community. And then you've got this moral obligation is, can we keep our customers and our employees safe while I'm meeting that social and financial obligation? And so we've been having a lot of conversations about all three of those buckets, financial, social, and moral um, so that companies can make, um, which are actually turning out to be much, much more difficult convert decisions than actually getting in um, back in the middle of March.
1: For sure, you know, we're, as as I mentioned before, we press record. We're seeing I, I use that word tension uh, over here in the UK between the public health argument and and then the economy. And for the most part, the public health argument has been winning, and understandably has been winning, and. Um, Uh, I record this now with the uh, the 11th of May, and it was only yesterday evening that the British Prime Minister announced, um, unfortunately, only for England, but uh, but announced um, announced uh, a a gradual uh, you know pathway to return to work, and he's acknowledging the fact that if we don't start to get the economy working again and businesses working again, there's going to be a long term economic scarring, was the phrase. Interestingly. Um, the sort of regional governments of Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland, these are the other three parties in the United Kingdom, of course, um, are saying no. Another, they're saying another three weeks on lockdown. And also, what we're seeing is member employees expressing concern about their safety upon the return to work. So, the business owners at the moment then have, have that dilemma, haven't they, between balancing the moral, the social, and the financial. So what would you advise for business owners trying to, A, make the right call or balance those think factors out, would be communicate it in a way so that people are engaged?
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an excellent question. It's a fundamental question. We started the webinar series with this concept of ABC, not very radical, always be communicating, yeah. is that companies to thrive, and whether you're a small firm of six people or a large firm of you know many thousands... Having leadership and leadership teams always communicating, but not just speaking, but also listening. And since we know communications is a, is a two-way dialogue, but to listen. If you have that as a foundation, it makes this these next set of decisions that much easier. So, always be communicating. What we're advising our clients to do is to articulate a a a set of guidelines or a set of, of, of mile markers that we can, that we can look at that look at both financial, all financial, social and moral but looks at infection rates, look at public health criteria that you've articulated a framework of why and how you're going to come back that are consistent with the morals and values of your organization. And and most organizations, I hope, have some semblance of a mission statement. Who do they care about most and key constituencies? So, A, we're advising all of our clients and they're all doing it. Some, it's three to six, three to five, actual guidelines that they're looking to help make their decision. Because what we're seeing here in the United States is a very, very um, disappointing patchwork of governors versus presidents versus county government versus local government. And so there's really no clarity on what's the right thing to do. So what companies have to do is decide what do they stand for, what's the most important things for them that really matter, identify three to five, includes public health, but all lots of other considerations. Identify these issues and then always be communicating. And so we've you've used the line, our current best thinking, fill in the blank. This is the approach that we're going to take as we begin to look and come back. So that people are having an ongoing dialogue. Right. around this process and it doesn't come off as a surprise that June yeah. 1st all of a sudden we're opening. It's a set of framework that you can look through to actually communicate coming back.
1: And again, I, I presume this is state specific, but the the day to come back to work uh, of June the 1st is that's that varies by state by state does it? Totally.
0: Texas nice. is a lot of Texas is open. Georgia has been open for 2 weeks. Um uh, places of worship, you know, that's sort of the big, you know, a, a big issue just because of, you know, they're large, lots of people in one place on one day. Um, you know, they can come back now. They, their guidance, social distancing, the Texas standard is like, if you've got a restaurant of a hundred, seats, you can only use 25, right. 25%. And then that's going to change to like 50% in three or four weeks. So, oh, right, So, so even, even restaurants are open. Yeah. Restaurants are 25%. Yep. Yep.
1: Wow. Yep, yep. So. Um always be communicating, and then using phraseology like this is our um this is our best understanding or this is what we're currently working with right now
0: right, and then having that framework some 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 articulatable standards um that this is how we are going to think about coming back. we're also talking about it in phases so that people get the phase you know step by step um so those two things are really critical, and then what we're seeing because there's employee safety issues, how how are we going to bring our employees back? We've got a big hospitality firm. Is is really this this getting crystal clear on the on how are we gonna have hand sanitizer and face masks and what are we gonna do with desks is to really think that stuff through and not just be, you know, slapdash, let's open up because someone flicked the lights on. It just doesn't work. The virus will make the decision. Uh, not any leader in, a, in the any leader in the world will not make this decision. It's going to be the virus that makes this decision.
1: Sure. So, uh, and that's an important point of communication back to to, to colleagues, to employees, about mm-hmm. these are the measures that we are taking to keep you safe.
0: Exactly. Yep. And that's always be communicating, and and they don't have to be perfect. They they it, it is an ongoing dialogue that you can have because this is a very dynamic situation. In the United States, we didn't think. Three or four weeks ago, that masks were a big deal. Masks are now a big deal. Everybody's sort of doing the mask thing, and so that just changes the dynamic. Um, and so we we the, the the beauty of always being communicating is that. And when you say our current best thinking, tomorrow my current best thinking might be different. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, interestingly, um, probably about six weeks ago, I interviewed a gentleman. Uh, I think uh, called Carl Gould. I think he's based in New York, New Jersey area. And he was saying that one of the trends he sees uh, for this year that would uh, face masks would become a fashion item and you'd see clothing brands coming out with branded yes. face masks. And that's evidently you know, becoming more and more the case. For um, here, there's still a, in the UK, there's an ongoing debate about them. Uh, the science they're saying hasn't been proven uh, to prevent necessarily you catching it, but, also, but has been shown to have a, a limited impact on preventing the spread. So out and about, you see some people wearing them and others not wearing them. Yeah, not, they've not been mandated yet.
0: Well, it's very and it's and it's like I mentioned before, it's this patchwork. So I just had yeah. the opportunity this weekend to drive three hours south of where I live in Austin, Texas. Austin is is very serious, taking it very seriously. Everybody's wearing face masks. Social distancing is real, and people are really like serious about it. We went to this beach community. It's as if nothing changed. Wow. Um, and, and walk you know walked into a convenience store a restaurant a grocery store and and it's almost the exact opposite if eight out of ten are wearing it in Austin it's two out of ten if a lot less um, down in this beach community so it's it's you know the virus doesn't get that but it's a it's a confusing mess absolutely um
1: in terms of uh, re-engaging with employees particularly those that have been um, being at home, either working from home or um, being furloughed from work for several weeks. Uh, In a piece about communication, are you recommending anything else like uh, focus groups with certain representative uh, populations of employees so that you can hear concerns and answer those
0: absolutely, and and we we that that's the second part of great communication is always be listening, and and you can generate opportunities to listening by doing some sort of research, and so whether you stand up focus groups, work with your trade unions, um, actually do public opinion polling. So we've had a client that is um, in one particular state, large largest employer in that particular part of the state here in the U.S. Um, they didn't want to do research in their community. So what they did is we just found another part, another state that had something very similar. And we asked a set of questions to those employees in another part of the country. Um, but absolutely, what are your expectations of us? Um, what do you think are safe protocols? Uh, what are you feeling about Safety. So we asked a lot of really, really rich, rich questions that we've now applied into our planning and into our communication. And I've always believed that you know messaging and communication is not really hard. Just ask people, and Mm -hmm. and people will tell you what to say. Um, And so that's that's where we spend a lot of time as as some progressive companies doing that kind of research. And it's the wide, it's the gambit: focus groups to you know actually full, full you know qualitative questionnaires.
1: But that, um questioning and then the listening, importantly, and then the ongoing conversation will help to allay fears. Yeah,
0: so yeah, allays no, I, fears with the customers. I mean, that's what you're trying to do. Well, that's what we,
1: you're yeah, trying to do. fears with the employees, and then presumably this communication you're advocating goes down into your supply chain and then to your customer base as well.
0: Yeah, and and so we think you need to be thinking about all of those. We we talk we we don't, we're not fans of the word stakeholder. I think it's sort of a Cheesy public relations term, but we just simply say it. Those that matter most, and yeah. those that matter most are probably your employees. If you if you do it like a, a you know a bullseye, those that matter most are probably your employees. Then you've got your customers. Then you've got to serve either one of them. You need a supply chain, and so being really really conscious about what you say to each one of those groups that matter most um, absolutely is is the best practice. Now supply chain doesn't is I don't want that to become the tail that wags the dog. Most supply chain operations, um, they'll get stood up based on writing a bigger check. If you can write a big check, you can stand up relatively quickly. So we think it's really just bringing them along because I want to be the uh, the customer of choice to my supply chain by caring right. about them. And so right. that's why mattering most. And we're having that with a, with, a, with, a, with a large client is that there's only so much food to be distributed and we want to be the customer that that lets us stand up sooner than later. And that all comes from great stakeholder relationships or focusing on those that matter.
1: And I've had some conversations on this podcast about how you mobilize that supply chain and it, you, you may have to reach one, two, three or more levels down into that supply chain in order to be able to get things moving again. Mm-hmm. So what practical uh, suggestions have you been making to clients to enable them A to become the customer of choice and B to help mobilize the supply chain?
0: Stand for something. Be really true to your convictions and stand for something. And and that these are not monolithic conversations. I think suppliers observe how their clients treat their customers. Uh, and also how their clients treat their employees. And so, by being an employer of choice, I believe sets the same tone and standards for you to be a a, a, a recipient of products of choice. Um, And so, I think that the best way to do it, keep in touch, make sure that you've got, don't go on a two-month sabbatical from talking to your suppliers because they're your partners. And you have to really view them that way. You have to view your customers and your employees also as your, as your partners. So, practical advice is stay in touch. Let them know what's going on. Let them know, just like your employees, here's our current best thinking. Here's what we're thinking about. And here's what we're going to need first. And we're going to do it based on phases. Um, so, that they, so, that, I just think it's a, just a great trait of leadership is bring everybody along. Don't just bark orders and don't just write checks, but bring people along. And I think it it works for all three of those groups, employees, customers, and supply chain.
1: Hey, Gavin here. You may remember from an earlier episode of the Business Mastermind Podcast, I interviewed Adam Strong about the Game Changer Summit. If you haven't yet put your name down for your free place on it, you need to go to bit.ly forward slash Game Changer Gavin, Game Changer Gavin, all lowercase, or bit.ly forward slash Game Changer Gavin, so that you can listen from thought leaders, 30 of them from across the world, including Dr. John Demartini, Jack Hamfield from Chicken Soup for the Soul, Jaron Lecter from co-authoring of the Rich Dad Poor Dad series, Jean-Pierre Devilliers, David Horn, who's a multi-company CFO, mind of amazing information around finances and government funding at the moment. Nick Rixton, an amazing brain and business strategist, Kelly Teasdale, a phenomenal marketer, and many others. And my good self. So go to bit.ly forward slash game changer Gavin to secure your free place on the game changer summit. So um, the chief, the CEOs, um, the, the board of directors, or the senior management team, their focus now needs to be very much. Around communications,
0: isn't it? Oh, absolutely! So great quote. CEO is on the phone with a CEO client, and and he said, "I didn't realize how important communications was until all this." You know, he thought that wow. employee communications was important about you know about benefits and holidays and all the things that sure. you do in employee communications. But sure, he is a believer. We've stood up a weekly video where he is he's he is communicating and and his team with employees, some furloughed employees, via video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to tell great stories and and he's he's been he has been a transformed communicator because wow. of wow,
1: tell it's me great. a bit more about the stories bit because that uh yeah. that stood out for me
0: you know so so it's a it 's a hospitality company and the husband hosp- and they're they 've got people that from that clean ashtrays to take care of hotel rooms to super high level compensated executives and everything in between uh, and managing um, all the issues that are there. And there's just one particular cashier who is uh, just a, she's just popular and kind of salty personality uh, and kind of everybody kind of likes her in the facility. And they just let her do a video explaining kind of what she was doing, even though she was furloughed what her day was and let her interview a couple of other employees about what their life is and share. Wow. I can't remember what they shared. I think they're like knitting tips or, or bread making or something they, they shared a, a practical tip and it was, yeah. you know, Sandy, the cash register lady telling stories about her, her peers and that I she worked that. with on what they were doing. So it was simple, didn't necessarily move the intellectual ball forward. Oh, it's real though. It's
1: relatable. Ball.
0: Oh, absolutely. The emotional ball was fabulous. And so I think it's really, and it's all internal. We didn't seek any promotion. We didn't want anybody to know about it. Um, but it was that we're all in this together and that we're all going to mm. get through this together.
1: So stories from members of the team, um, you mentioned that the CEO become a transformed communicator and telling stories himself. So what stories about what kind of topics would has he been sharing
0: yeah so um here's what i'm thinking here's what's on my mind all right, right. And so not a client of mine but was shared with me um wrote this article about his marathon training running to run a marathon mm-hmm. and equating that that this is a sprint not a marathon no, no nothing radical about that phraseology pretty standard vocabulary but he equated it to himself and, right. and the long runs that he did to get ready for that. And then in the same conversation, he r- shared this really wonderful quote that I love is that it's like, a, these are like waves crashing. There's always something new. There's some new problem. And he said, you know, we can't control the waves, but we can learn how to surf. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he's telling those types of anecdotes, not that there's any you know, conclusion to them, but he's just telling his team, here's what's on my mind. This is a marathon. The waves are coming. We're not going to get pissed off and cry about the waves, but what we're going to do is learn to surf. Um, and and as sailors, that really resonated with me because of course. The, wave, the wind and the waves and the tides are are impacting me. What am I going to do to position myself to be in the best possible posture mm-hmm. to manage that? first of all, get to safety, but what am I going to do to manage that? And there, and as you know, we don't need to bore everybody with that, but there's lots of tactics and things yeah, to yeah. do. And so it's, it's those types of anecdotes, just what are they doing? I've had a CEO that just, you know, did a, a, a town hall meeting with their kid. You know, they, they would have, you know, sitting on their lap and had a conversation with their employees, but just, we've got to be real. Now's yeah. not the time for five point plans. Because, and then the last quote related to this is on the had a had a speaking of five point plans had a CEO um, client said, Yeah, we were talking about March 11th, and he said, Yeah, we had a really good plan at 10 o'clock, and we briefed the board of directors by two o'clock. That plan was different, so we had a second plan, and by five o'clock, we just told everybody to go home. And so there, <laughs> yeah. was just, there was no plan yeah, at that yeah. point, but just to share real stories like that, that's human. Yeah. Um, and it's not edicts, um, but it's just humanity.
1: What, what really uh, stuck out for me through that was, A, the phrase that, here's what's on my mind, and then the mm-hmm. other one, my current best thinking. So in other words, the CEO or the senior leadership team are not trying to be perfect about this. They're just trying to be real mm-hmm. and relatable. It's we haven't got this all imperfect. figured out.
0: It's an imperfect situation. And, yeah. yeah. And- and big or small, I've got, you know, those are some of our clients are, are larger multinational, but but I'm in, a, I'm in a mastermind group with some smaller business owners, um, different industries than me, sure. with 5, 10, 15 employees, and they're doing some of the same things with their team. Now, it's, it's a little bit closer to the ground, um, but it still really matters. What a great way to double down on culture. Um, yeah. by having these conversations um, to let people know what you really stand for.
1: I was going to say that linking back to one of your earlier comments is about what you, what do you really stand for? And that's yeah. what makes you stand out not only as an employer of choice, but as a customer of choice and absolutely. a supplier of choice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, and people want to be, I, I have this belief that the way companies are responding um, is going to be rewarded. And if you're in a regulated industry, I think government is going to choose winners and losers. Uh, because okay. I have this, this understanding that certainly our government, and I know to a certain extent uh, across the world, governments are absolutely involved in the downside. I mean, oh, the, yes. the bailouts and relief. Yes. It is natural behavior of political leaders that if I'm with you on the down, I got to be with you. I'm going to now be with you on the up. Absolutely. So I think we're going to see more of Serpian, sort of more of a European Um, regulatory scheme here in the United States. And I want to be, if that's coming and the government's going to have a bigger hand on picking winners and losers, um, I want to be on the side of the winner. And so we're advising our clients to stay really close to their regulators because it's really important. And I think companies are observing people that were crappy to their employees versus people that were good to their employees.
1: Sure, sure. Um, so we've talked about customer Sorry, we've talked about employees and how to engage with them. The communication, um, asking questionnaires, focus groups, all of which to to share concerns, to provide evidence of what the steps you're taking to keep them safe back at work. We talked about supply chain and becoming the supplier of choice. Um, customers, then, in order, yeah. what, what what are the communications? Because they're also. Um, you know, there's the same sort of three morals, isn't there, around uh, the three areas around financial, social, and moral. So what's different about the way we should be talking to the customers, or is it just the same as the other areas?
0: It's really similar. I, you know, I try to make communications simple. Maybe that, maybe I'm a bad consultant. I should make everything more complex. It'd be better for me. But I actually try to make it very simple. Um, you know, you need to reassure Your uh, customers that this is a safe environment. Whether you're a a a bank and with it's the lobby of the bank, people coming into the lobby that it's safe. Or if it's a restaurant or or uh, whatever sort of retail establishment that you've that you've done safety protocols and done and got safe safe um, uh, making their experiences as comfortable as possible. But I also think the same thing goes through. You should have always been communicating with them along this journey. Sorry we can't serve you. Had one innovative company that that actually had like this ongoing Facebook focus group of when we do come back, what do you want us to do? How right. can we serve you better? Right. And they got some good ideas, I got some crazy ideas, but it was but it was an engagement of dialogue since we live in this you know, attention attention economy. I think I think people's attention is the new currency right now. And staying relevant is really, really important in the during the Great Pause that we're in right now. Uh, so, I so I I think that's been some really innovative stuff. People have been doing some some engagement. Um, but I, I I'm advising against a grand reopening. I don't think okay. we should have. I don't think we should have fireworks and ribbons and and whatnot. No. I think that we should be phased. If you feel comfortable, we'd love to have you back. Here's what we're doing. You know, if if, it is, if this is right for you, and if not, we're still doing on things online, and we're still doing takeout, or we're still doing this. Right. Um, we, I'm, I'm active in my church, and that's exactly what we're doing. We took everything online, and we're just slowly bigging it. But we're always going to have that new online presence, and so Great. I think it's this is not about returning to normal because this is not normal. It's going to be transformational, and so what is the opportunity? for innovation, as well as providing consistency and holding that balance between being consistent to your customer and innovating for your customer. That's a great challenge and a great opportunity.
1: For sure. What advice would you give to CEOs then who um, have probably found the last eight weeks, probably some of the most testing and worrying of their career and the next... Uh, 8 weeks uh no less a certain so um what advice would you give to to CEOs who are worried about um this return to return to work
0: yeah um patience just patience this is not we got into this really quickly again yeah. march 11th march 23rd pick your date but we got into this really really rapidly Coming out is going to be a slow, herky-jerky, confusing process. So patience. The way that you men as sailors, we're good at patience. The Mm -hmm. thing that gets us through that is having our destination in mind. We know where we want to go. If we're sailing around the buoys and we're racing, we know where we want to go. We know what our objective is. And so having crystal clarity and the discipline to stay patient, and the discipline to stay focused on we know where we want to go we know where we, how we're and, and, and we're, we don't quite know how we're going to get there but we know where we're going to go and the other thing is to just always be communicating the same practices and standards that got us through the middle phase will get us through the communication side on on coming back um, as well so those three things patience know what you stand for um, and don't stop communicating
1: Are you a, a slight tangent are you seeing any Trends, any strategic trends emerging?
0: Yeah, it's a couple things. Um, I think we're just just digital technology. I think Zoom conference has just really taken off, obviously. Um, I think people um, figuring out new ways to do what they did in a better, um, more efficient way. I yeah. think people are feeling a need to be connected um, a lot yeah. more. Um yeah. So I, so, I mean, we've got some very industry specific trends for the industries that we serve, uh, you know, but I think generally people are, are um, most people, have, if they could do something online, they had an online presence. Sure. I think this is really allowing their workforce to employ work from home. Going to yeah. be a big change for everybody. I think it's, it's it's real. I worry about the office space industry. I don't think commercial. Oh, quite yeah and I struggle there's just no reason to all, to do that when we can do if this if anything, you'll
1: see the great growth of co-working spaces and the weworks of the world won't we where you I think so. you may bring teams together for specific meetings but you don't need full-time office space in the way that you used to
0: i don't think you do and i think technology is going to get better at that between slack and zoom and all the different yeah. courses so i think some early adopters um, are going to smile and say, yeah, we've been doing this for 10, 15 years. And then I think you've got some laggards that are going to be like, wow, this is really cool. Um, yeah. And then I yeah. think you're going to have companies that say, no, that's not for us. We, we, we need that energy. So, um, yeah, so I, so, I, so I think it is going to be, we, I don't think we've seen the innovation bubble even start to blow, even start to expand just yet. But I think it's going to be quite, quite exciting the way we're around the
1: technology for home working
0: home technology for home working and just innovations in business models. Uh, I think subscription, I think there are so many more businesses, services like mine, they're going to go to actually a subscription model. So I think it's an exciting time for, um, for, for a lot of different companies. They just have to manage it and, and, and make sure that they remain consistent so that they don't scare everybody with their innovation.
1: Yeah, for sure. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I think that, that there's some real uh, strong moments have come out and talked about, um, be clear what you stand for. We talked about the balance around financial, social, and moral. Talked about always be communicating. If there were any other sort of uh, points to recap on from our conversation today, Bill, what would they be?
0: Yeah, so two things um, is that, there is not going to be a global lifeguard that's going to kind of blow the whistle that says it's safe to get back in the water. Um, and we're seeing that in clear relief in the United States. And, and um, the prime minister over there, his, his announcement earlier today, he's trying to be that lifeguard to, to yeah. blow the whistle. Yeah, it's yeah. not working. It's just the people are going to make their own self-interested choices. So So don't, if you're a business leader, do not expect some lifeguard to blow the whistle and say it's safe to come back. So I think that's one key takeaway. I think the other thing that I'm seeing with a lot of our clients is that what got us here won't keep us here. And so what I mean by that is that everybody was on best behavior during the initial stages of the crisis. We made fast decisions. We changed our business model. We we responded quickly. Bureaucratic normalcy and organizational lethargy which we all see, has now started creeping its head. And while the, the website guy in Mar- early in March said, yeah, of course I can build that website or yes, of course I can do that. He's now saying, well, I'm not sure our back office can really support that or our IT structure is really built for that. And I'm observing this in my clients and I'm like, you know, leaders need to get that, that these these good behaviors that got us in we can recreate that. And if we built a website really fast, way back when, why can't we keep doing that? So, right. so, it's, so the point is that what, it's, what, what got you here, you're not going to be able to maintain that for the long term. So those two things, no global life, lifeguard and, and, and be careful about bureaucracy that's going to start creeping in because we, made, we might have did some shortcutting um, in the early days. But I, I think that shortcutting is good to evaluate and ask yourself, well, you know, we, we're doing okay. Why, didn't, why aren't we doing things a different way?
1: Bill, that's great. Loved our conversation. Really, really do appreciate your time. So if anybody wants to to find out about you and the team at Kith and what you guys do, how do they find out more?
0: So our website's the best front door we've got. It's uh, kith.co, K-I-T-H dot i I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and try to share something there at least once a week on some of the um, blog posts and and posts there um, and pretty active on Twitter. And it's just B Coletti, uh, C-O-L-E-T-T-I. So those are the best places to find me, email. And usually my, my, my channels are usually open to have great conversations.
1: Great. Thank you so much, Bill. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you.
0: Gavin, I appreciate And thank you for what you do. This is really valuable stuff that you put out there very often. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Hi, Gavin here. And by way of summary, what really jumped out for me were Always be communicating the ABC. I've seen so often business leaders get busy with the day-to-day activities in their business, particularly through challenging time or crisis, and not be communicating, and specifically not communicate anywhere near enough to Employees. I think at a time when there is genuine tension with that argument around the financial obligation for a business to get working again and the economy to get working and against the public health obligation to keep people safe, that as leaders, as MDs and CEOs of businesses, it's imperative that you reassure, you engage with your employees your team members your colleagues and and uh, listen to them understand their concerns and lay out and demonstrate to them the things that you're doing and the rest of the, the business is doing to do the best to keep them safe so that you can get back to work other thing that jumped out for me is Be the customer of choice to your suppliers. And again, the communication and relationship building was really, really important as part of that. And the third thing for me, I just loved uh, one of uh, Bill's closing comments around, there is no lifeguard to blow the whistle and it's time to save to get back into the water. You've got to judge that. What's best for your marketplace with um, the product or service that you deliver, the readiness of your supply chain and making the calls that uh, you know will best serve and be in alignment with what you stand for, for your employees, uh, for your supply chain and for your customers. Take care and stay safe.
0: You've been listening to the Business
1: Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms. Enjoy more success and create more impact.